Yes, people, it's episode 249 of Griff's Brain Dub. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? It is late. It is late on a Monday. It's uh, 11.30pm on a Monday. Uh, couldn't do it yesterday because I was busy. I was busy Saturday, busy Friday. So I'm now sat in a dark kitchen with the baby asleep above me. And wife asleep in the living room. She's probably going to wake up thinking I've abandoned her. And think probably I've gone to bed, left her asleep on the sofa. And she'll wake up hating me momentarily. And then she'll hear my voice talking from the kitchen. She'll be like, who is he talking to? And then probably going to come bursting in going, who, what are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Is the baby okay? What are you doing? And I'll be like, it's okay, I'm just recording my podcast. And I'm looking over on the monitor. It's okay, it's all cool. But um, how you all doing, man? It's uh, been... A long week, yes, because of the delay in doing the pod, I get to cover topics that happen on Monday. Um, now, what have we had? What have we had this week? Well, let's let's start with my life first. Uh, I'm good. Gig on Saturday. No means Zadie came to the gig with me. We was already in London for a hospital appointment for Zadie, allergy specialist, which we found out that she is now allergic to egg as well, um, but is no longer allergic to wheat to the skin prick test so we'll see how that is because she tested positive for wheat last time but not this time so we don't know how reliable these things are now you remember when i said um you know you get your food allergies through eczema through the skin my wife made a very good point and goes if you get your allergies through the skin how come they do skin prick tests i was just like hey like, i don't i don't know how to answer that such a good question you have to ask the doctor but yes, we did that Saturday morning, and then Saturday afternoon, went to the gig. And then, um, then yeah, then I just remembered how horrible central London is when you're not on the piss. <laughs> if you're just trying to get around and do things, central London's horrendous. And especially if you've got a baby with you. They went to bonfire night. So I say bonfire night, fireworks at, uh, at Saracens. At Stoneneck Stage, it means to be Allianz Park. Um, and they did no hospitality at all. I mean, they did the fireworks, and then the fireworks ended, and they were like, okay, people, safe journey home. It's like, what? They just shut up all the concessions. You can't even stay for a coffee. They're like, go home. So that's what we did Saturday, Sunday. I didn't play football in the morning. Um... But I did watch boxing. I watched UFC. I watched uh, Justin Gaethje versus... I can't remember his ne- guy he fought. And then the fight after that. Then I watched Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. And, um, man, Canelo's just a different machine. Different monster just walks through punches. He, he's like... He's almost like Thanos. He's just inevitable. He just keeps coming forward. Like, you can't stop the guy. And I'm not a massive boxing expert, but I watched that. And this guy was not boxing with any strategy. He was boxing like a man who goes, you can't knock me out and I'm going to knock you out at some point. And he just walked him down until eventually the 11th round. He just banged the guy so hard in his face. (laughs) That's proper boxing analysis there. Banged the guy so hard in his face. Um, Yes, that's what happened. Um... Yeah, my gig was fun. It was the one we did at Top Secret. Um, gig on Friday this week. So Travis J's 
uh, one man show I'll be opening for him so if you ain't got a ticket for that go get one because you get to see three fantastic comedians so now Eddie Caddy is hosting it so Travis isn't it? just a brilliant comedian so you know if you haven't seen Travis J before go watch the guy like he's go get tickets 15 quid Bloomsbury Theatre it's on the UCL events website I think he's probably got the link on his page like you just gotta go see it get your value for money Imagine getting to see me and then get to see that guy, get to see an hour of him. Great value. Um, but yeah, Bloomsbury Theatre, so big, big up to him. West End, one-man show. Brilliant, just brilliant stuff. So um, yeah, that's what I'll be doing this week. So what's been going on in the world? Um, I guess my, the light in my garden keeps on flicking. That's on the way out, so it looks like lightning's happening, um, which is always a bit freaky in the dark garden. Cause you know in the scary films where it's dark, you can see like a shadow at the end of the room, then the light flickers, and the shadow's right in front of the camera. It's like, yeah! it makes that weird noise. That's what I keep thinking it's going to happen when I look out the window. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, what, what's, been, what's actually gone on in the world, gone in, in, in the news? Um, I guess where do we start? I guess we start with the racism in cricket. Um, I don't know any of the people's names who are involved. I just know it's the Yorkshire County Cricket uh, team. I mean, I don't know much about cricket. Um, am I shocked by this racism? No. I mean, I'm never shocked by racism anywhere, really. But I mean, just a, a sport where everyone wears white. I only know one other group of people that wear all white, okay? First letter is a K. Second word begins with K, third word begins with K. And this thing about wearing all white, like, it doesn't even make sense in cricket. Like, that's the only sport where, team sport, where both teams wear the same uniform. That's how much they want to wear all white. Like, that's racist. That's, that's really racist, if you think about it. Um, it's funny how, I don't really know how it's gone down. I just read one two accounts one person said it was just banter between two mates um that was the white guy who was accused of racism and the other guy said it's not really about just name calling between two people it's bigger than that so what i feel like's happened is the asian fellas made a complaint not about the actual name calling just probably the culture of the club and then they've gone oh it's an individual thing because that's what happens with racism people try to make it an individual moral thing He's a bad person. He's a racist. He's a good person. He's not a racist. I mean, you could probably be a good person and be a racist. And you could be a bad person and not be a racist. They're, they're not the same thing. I think racism is outside the scope of morality. I mean, it's a systemic issue. Then just telling off one person, it's not good. So, I mean, they have half their borders, you know, stepped down. Probably because they're livid. They can't get away with the racism anymore. I mean, imagine if... You, Racism is just a part of the bants, and then uh, someone says you can't do it. What killjoys? Um, <laughs> well, what else been going on? Um, Travis Scott uh, hosting satanic rituals and killing people at his festival. I mean, that's how it happened, according to half the people on my Facebook. I, I do wonder the people I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook. Um, I just don't know how that is your logical conclusion. Um, yeah, they they think that he's hosting satanic rituals and 
he caused this wonderful. Um, or what happened was there was a security fuck up, uh, completely understaffed, and people rushed the entrance. I mean, there was overcapacity and people got crushed. Maybe that's what happened. Now, whether you can blame Travis Scott or Drake or whoever was there, I don't know. I mean, they're the biggest names, so they're the people you can actually go to blame, right? Um, you know, if Beyonce's assistant slapped me in the face, I'm suing Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to sue a stupid assistant that doesn't earn much. I'm suing Beyonce, her staff, her company, whoever that person works for. I'm suing that. But, um, so I'm not sure you can blame them. I mean, there is talk about him, you know, caught, ask people to mosh. I mean, that's kind of standard. People say, oh, but he said that people get hurt when they mosh, and that's what he wants. It's like, that happens in mosh pits, so that's standard. Um, sorry, I realise I've got my lapel mic on, I'm rubbing my shirt, that's annoying. Um, what else? That, um, you know, he was... There's videos of him singing or continuing performing while people are dead or dying. Um, but then other reports I'm hearing is he's asked the crowd numerous times and also asked for help because he thought people were passing out, just, you know, being excited. So he's just asking for help. And then he was asking, he think apparently he even said to the crowd, like, you're good, make some noise if you're good or hands up if you're good. And the crowd went, yeah. I mean, I'm not dead. I mean, I came with this guy, but... I don't know him anymore. You know what I mean? I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. I think sometimes it's easy to blame a celebrity, but you all got to take individual responsibility, right? If you're there in a crowd and there's people dying around you, but you're there looking at them, then suddenly you just hear, you know, some, I don't know, Travis Scott song. I was about to try to sing one. Well, I don't know any. You say, and you say, oh my God, this is my song. And you're not going to actually address those people dying around you, then you're part of the problem. You know what I mean? Really, what should have happened as soon as some people were passing out and dying, the crowds just turn around and walk away. Stop focus on them. Killed the vibe of the concert. Travis got to be forced to go, what's going on? And then help the people who are dying and dead. Instead, though, people was like, no, nah. oh my God, he just brought Drake out. And, you know, nothing else matters. So I know, man. But the conspiracy theories, though, is crazy. Just like, I don't think black celebrities can do anything without someone tying them to the devil or Illuminati. Um, yeah, just tie them to something. If you're rich and black, you've had to, like, sacrifice a baby and suck off a goat to get your riches. It just can't be your talent. It can't be, you know, your skill, your hard work. It can't even be your connections, you know, in the industry as in, you know, your, your, your uncle works as an A&R. That's why you got a record deal. It can't be anything like that. No, no, no. It's uh, you've had to do a blood sacrifice and eat your own penis. And then that's how you got your money. And then from then, people were just trying to do all the esoteric and oh God, look at the symbol, look at the symbology in this, in this video. It's like, ah. Uh, 
I mean, to be fair, if I was a rapper or, or a singer, there'd be bare triangles in my videos. Triangles and just all kind of weird imagery in my videos, just to get you not talking. Just to get you going, oh, I don't know about him. I'd have like the first line of all my songs spell out a word. But like, you know, one of those ambiguous words where they sound dark. You know what I mean? And my album would be called Dystopia. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, maybe like some odd Bible passage that just sounds dark. <laughs> I would just have that stuff, just getting people hyped for no reason. Meanwhile, just be sat at home watching Love Island and drinking hot chocolate. People's like, who's there doing blood sacrifices? Mm-mm, no, not me, no. <laughs> um, boy, what else happened this week? Do I mean, if anything else happened significantly in the news? I mean, Tottenham is still shit. I think we've got four hours of league football without a shot on target, which is wonderful. Um, West Ham look like a real football team, which is just confusing, but they play so well, I can't help but like them. So, fair enough. Um, at least it's not Arsenal. United have still got Oli Gunnar Solskjaer as their manager. That's always beautiful. I hope he stays there forever. And uh, I think that's it for football, really. Um, I, mean, I didn't read into it. When I set Blatter and Platini got arrested, I haven't read into that. Um, what else is there? I can't anything else in the news. But I will talk about this. I was just watching a documentary. Like I said, it's Monday, so it's like hashtag C4 rape. Channel 4 just got just bare shows about rape. But I caught half of one and did a debate about rape. And they're discussing, you know, it's a room full of women that, about think, like 30 or 40 women in the studio, in the audience. Um... They said, you know, stand up if you've ever been a victim of sexual assault or rape and, like, only two people didn't stand up in the crowd. Which made me think, okay, they've actually, you know, they've clearly, when they've asked all guests on the show, they've asked for that, which is fine. Um, So what they create this is very just strange atmosphere in, in in the debate. Because you had all those ladies there. Then in the middle, we had a defence barrister, who was a woman. Um, the head of, like, Avon and Somerset Police, who was a woman. The host of the show, who was a woman. And the former head of the CPS, who was a bloke. Um, Asian bloke. There wasn't a white man to be seen on this show anywhere. <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, there's a black woman who is that head of a kind of campaign. Oh, and then there was someone from a select committee as well. So she's not an MP. No, so she's an MP. She's not a part of government. Um, but she's a Tory MP. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. And then most of the people in the crowd were victims. Once that I learned was that 7% of reported rapes, only 7%, make it to CPS, which means if you don't know, um, so when someone gets reported, the police then take down all the details, uh, 
pass it on to the CPS and the CPS decides whether there's enough grounds to actually charge the person and prosecute. And only 7% of reported rapes get to CPS. So think about the numbers. You've got to think about all the rapes that happen that don't get reported. Then the ones that do get reported, only 7% make it to CPS. And of the 7% that make it to the CPS, uh, I don't know how many actually end up in a conviction. It's really funny that a lot of guys' reactions to anything about rape is, yeah, but there's lots of fake allegations, lots of false allegations. And it's just like, like the, the numbers just don't match up. So to bring that up is just odd, you know? It's like, um, it like ask, arguing about whether Messi or Ronaldo are, who's the best and then you bring up the one time that they had a really shit game it's like that isn't what really happens often why why do you bring that up and that isn't what we're talking about you know but it's interesting to hear these ladies accounts um there's a definitely highly emotionally charged room naturally like that's not even a condescending way and it it's nuts because you see some women in the crowd who have clearly have processed it and dealt with dealt with it as best as they can and they're just getting on with their life. You see some women literally are just stuck in that moment. Um, the defence barrister, she was talking about, you know, the two points of consent when you're a defence barrister or when you're actually, in, you know, part of the police and what you need to do to actually try to find out about consent. She said, like, on a legal basis, you've got whether consent was actually given. Um, she goes, that's very easy to prove or disprove. That's literally if the victim has said yes or no. And then the second part of consent is whether the perpetrator, the accused, reasonably believe they got consent. And when she said this, oh, just bare hands flew up in a crowd. And I was like, no, how can you say this? And, and basically what's happened is like every woman is just taking whatever she said personally, which I understand. It's a highly charged topic, highly emotional topic, but it's just in a discussion. Like they had the head of police for Avon and Somerset, and they just kept just battering her about their experience with the police. And all she kept saying is, oh, I'm sorry you had that, that isn't how it should have gone. They just go back to talking about reform. She was trying to talk about how, you know, the police are within a system, and that system is within a society. And if you don't address the society, then you can't address the system, and you can't address the police. And she, so she kept on just trying to reiterate that, that like we've got an issue with society and how we view women, how we view rape, how we view victims. And these women were just like, but the police? And she's like, look, this is becoming police versus victims, and that is what this needs to be. And it's just like, so it was, it was mad. It was like the... It, it was insightful to hear, you know, some some stories and accounts of, you know, how people dealt with. But was it conducive to a, to a good debate? Oh, no. No, no, no. Dreadful. I mean, obviously, you can't have everyone at this debate. You can't just have, like, all right, here's... 
30 women who've been victims and oh here's a guy who's actually a rapist what's your view on it Kev you know <laughs> apologies to all the Kevs I know that that wasn't direct to any Kev I know um, you know what I mean just like you can't invite a rapist to a debate about rape get that but um, but yeah I don't know I guess it's one of those ones that it, as a debate probably would just be better to have the six or seven people that were the experts in the middle but um, but I guess he can't be talking about rape and then literally silencing victims who want to talk about their experience so but interesting like it didn't change my perspective or any on anything um, no hasn't really just um, no like, like I've said before though when it comes to all these things like consent and stuff like all you guys out there it's um let's have a think man have a think about how you're behaving um you know me and another comedian we talk about uh talk about a lot of the men in the industry who are getting allegations against them at our level um for whatever reason women confide in him and then he just relays it to me <laughs> And, um, yeah, and the common thing that's happening with these guys and women in the industry is, one, these guys in my industry, I'm talking about comedy, there's a pro- there's a profile for these guys. One, they keep on trying to smash younger female comedians. Stop doing that, okay? Stop doing it. It's just no need. There's literally other women who aren't comedians. Um, so if you do want to be inappropriate, maybe don't be inappropriate with someone that you're going to see on the circuit who literally is about to get a microphone and can talk the, all their business and everything they want. Um, so, you know, so for that kind of Machiavellian reason, you shouldn't be trying to bang young female comedians from a moralistic one as well. You shouldn't be trying to bang young female comedians, especially, again, I see these dynamics. It's the, she's, they've actually gone to that guy as a mentor. Or, no, not as a mentor. This is what really happens. is young female comedian goes on stage, does mediocre, but she's really attractive. Older male comedian will gas her up and say she was amazing just so he can get some of the naan bread. And... Um, and the, the young female comedian naively goes, oh my God, it's so amazing, this professional comedian's talking to me, or this comedian I've just seen headliners talking to me. And, and they'll, be, they'll say something naive, like, can you help me write some jokes? And he's like, yeah, okay. Creepy dudes. Either help them write the jokes, or just tell them, nah, but hey, do you want to go on a date? Don't, do, don't try to wheeze your way in through work you're a professional comedian as well this is literally your livelihood you're about to throw that all away don't do that but yeah and my thing I noticed about these guys as well is uh, that's me and my friend Jake they're not long term cool as well you can tell these are guys who only started getting girls once they start getting like good at comedy like they never lived their life getting female attention so they don't have to cope with it um, or they force the issue so when the time when they shouldn't really get female attention because they got it on stage, they're like, every woman likes me. He's like, no, they don't. When you're not telling jokes, you look like a fucking weirdo, bruv. 
that's why women don't want to bang you when you've been on stage because then you've got some kind of status. You can tell these guys, they're not long-term cool. Weird body shapes, weird facial hair. <laughs> Naming no names. Because they are just allegations at, at this point. But oh God, it's a few of them. A few of them. But hey, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, just that. I think what else we're talking about consent as well. There's someone on the show. Um, yeah, I guess that's a difficult one as well, right? Because that's what that's what happened on the show. That's what I said. So defense barrister was talking about the consent thing. I think I mentioned it earlier about the two elements. So one actually establishing whether consent was given or not easy, and then establish whether a reasonable person would think the sequence of events led to consent or implied consent. Um, I'm not sure what criteria there is for that because I watched one part of the documentary before where it was like we did see pictures of you on his phone that you sent him and they were explicit photos. Cool, I don't think that means you can now rape someone. Um, I don't think that's the rule. Um, But yeah, I guess that all counts towards whether consent was implied or not. But what I've found as well, a lot of these situations is, um, hey, every all parties involved were drunk and no one can remember anything. The woman just has vague memories of, you know, like the guy having sex with her or whatever. And it's just like, I can understand that that would feel violated and, you know, probably counts as rape, right? But just from a criminal sense, it's very hard to prosecute these things, man. Like just from a criminal sense, it's one of the few, if not the only crime, that is really my word versus yours. You know? Burglary, there's evidence. The house has been smashed in, cars has been smashed into. And it smashed my own window. And even that, that would be investigated if you had. Um, you know? Shooting fraud, all those things, there's a paper trail. But like, when it's rape, it's usually, because again, it's not the usual stranger in the night, jump out of the bushes. It's usually two people who probably know each other. Well, actually most rapes apparently happen between intimate partners. But I think the one that, you know, as we think the extreme of stranger. But a lot will happen just from two people don't really know each other got drunk, now they're both intoxicated. Neither can remember giving consent or hearing consent, but they slept with each other anyway. It's gone now. And it's like, so from a criminal, it's a moralistic thing, I can understand something could have gone wrong that night, but from a legal perspective, very, very hard to prove. The burden of evidence is so high, and that's why things are made to CPS. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what reforms there are to make. I don't know how you make these said reforms. But that was going to happen. One person suggests that um, take it out of criminal court and put it into like uh, like a family type court where you don't have juries and judges. You have like actual specialists who deal with you know victim trauma and things like that, and, and they should be the ones trying to establish what happened and prosecute from there. 
Because that's one thing defense defense barrister was saying was what happens as defense she says she's doing it for 20 years says what happens is the because a lot of the victims were saying that they're really offended by how the police questioned them they feel like the police just focus on them and not the suspect or the accused or whatever you want to call them they feel like they're focused on them and i thought well part of that is you know one you're you so you're just going to hear the questions you're asked you don't tend to hear the questions that are asked of the suspect um And like I said, there's one part where the defence barrister, she was talking about, yeah, she spoke about the consent thing, and one woman just came in, just like, oh, but what about me? I was spiked. And she was like, that, yeah, that, that's not consent. But you can see this woman, she was like visibly raging at her. And I was talking about it, it was just really real for some people. But the point I was making was, uh, I can't remember the point I was making now. About difficulty with proving consent, and I don't know what the I don't know what the definition is of reasonable person or reasonable view of what consent is, but it's just it's just messy out there, man. All I know is thank God I ain't single and out there anymore. <laughs> it just it sounds like a it sounds like a, a minefield, and then. A clusterfuck of how it's dealt with for the women as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Um, I guess they were discussing, you know, men as well. But you know, what we can do as men, part of society and whatever. And um, I think most people just agree the easiest thing for us men to do and most of us already do this is not rape and then after that I don't know because you often hear like women talk online in these debates about you know rape culture and it's funny how every woman knows someone has been raped but no men know a rapist uh, and that always sounds like one of those really eye-opening expressions but when you really break it down it makes no sense like it makes sense for a woman who been a victim to confide in her friends and her family that something's happened to her. It doesn't really happen that a rapist comes back and, you know, people are saying, how was your weekend? Like, yeah, didn't go much. Had some beers, watched some football, did a rape. Then um, watched a bit of tennis. Is that what were you saying, mate? Watched a bit of tennis. No, before that, went for some drinks and watched football. No, after that, no, it's anything, mate. I mean, that doesn't happen. People aren't, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's a little rape community online everyone just talks about the things they've done um, as rapists, but most men uh, hang out with decent men. And if their friend is a rapist, their friend knows that their mates are normal, so they probably won't be bringing that up. So, yeah, and that's how that stat works. But in saying that, though, there is still, I guess, uh, an obligation, a duty of us as men that we are amongst our friends, maybe even younger men, to just steer them in the right direction when they're probably saying something that's just a bit off key. They think it's funny, but it's like, no. 
or a family guy still tells some very inappropriate jokes that I will laugh at. <laughs> um, right, what is the time? How long have we been talking for? It is last no, 10 past midnight. Right, let's get some dear Deirdre on and then let's get out of here because I've been talking for ages, for, no, 32 minutes, not ages, but I mean, it's been a decent pod. Hey, someone else's um, gas and electric company collapsed minus. I was with... Um, I was with Zebra Power, and now I'm with British Gas. <laughs> I left British Gas to join Zebra Power, and then British Gas got me back. British Gas is like that toxic ex, just like, hey, news come back. <laughs> Your towel and toothbrush are still out. But, <laughs> um, but I'm happy. I was in massive credit in my energy account, so I'd be happy to get that back. <clears throat> right. Getting my throat dry. <clears> throat> there he goes. Sorry about that. That wasn't nice to hear. But I literally couldn't swallow. Sorry, let me just check the, the camera. Okay, she's all right. Um, right, let's get to dear, dear John. Dear Deirdre, after drinking, I booty call my married ex-lover and he always comes over for wild sex. Okay, I don't see what the problem is. You call him, he comes, so it's your issue now that he comes. Let's see. Anyway, and Dear Deirdre, I'm having amazing sex with my ex who is now married with a young child. I wish I could stop, but every time I block him and avoid him, I get lonely, have a drink and dial his number. And like cock, cock, like clockwork, he arrives in my flat late night for wild sex, Jesus. He never hangs around, and once we've had sex, he goes home to his wife and child, leaving me feeling lower news. So this is your issue, man, it's nothing to do with him. I'm 28, he's 31. We met at work six years ago, but after 18 months, he broke it off because he couldn't see us going anywhere. I was devastated, as I secretly hoped we'd one day get married, and now he just likes smashing you. But then, a year and a half ago, he messed me out of the blue. We were both struggling to cope in lockdown. I knew he was drunk. And he texted asking how I was. Wait a minute, let me just check. No, she's asleep. Phantom crying, I'm hearing. Nuts. Um, yeah, I was pretty tipsy too. And as, as I lived on my own, I enjoyed the distraction. He turned up at mine half car to begin with. The sex was better than when we were, to, we were a couple. Yep. We did it everywhere. And I was a lot more adventurous. I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I regularly block him, determined to get him out of my life. But then I have a drink, unblock him, and he comes around to my place again. He came around last night, and we didn't even have a drink before he took me to my bed. The sex was satisfying, but minutes afterwards, he got dressed. <laughs> minutes, you know. The sex was satisfying, but minutes. I guess he's not saying the sex lasted for minutes, just minutes after the sex. I mean, at least he finished. <laughs> he got dressed to leave I tried to hug him asked him to stay but he refused the last thing he said was don't block me I heard nothing from him the next day so I blocked him again I'm determined to stay away but I'm scared I'll contact him again after a drink it's like an addiction it is an addiction um this is what you need to do one stop drinking because clearly that's your gateway to look um two 
stop messaging, delete the number, delete the profile. Don't know, maybe there's a super block you can do where you can't even find the profile again. I know. But, um, yeah. But, like, I just, this one of those things where it's just all your own issue. Like, he comes over when you call. He doesn't just pop over when when he wants. So he's putting literally no pressure on you. And he was like, oh, why does he keep doing this to me? Is that because you invited him around for free sex? That's why. Anyway. Um... Forbidden woman. I know it's wrong, but I can't stop fantasizing about my boss. Dear Deirdre, feelings for my boss dominate me, dominate my thoughts all day long. It's been constant for the past month. Um, I've fallen head over heels in love with her and I struggle to concentrate on my work when she's around. How old is this guy? She joined the company three years ago and is easily the kindest, most caring manager I've ever had. I'm now 25 while she is 38. So 13 years. Hmm. I don't know whether it, she's in a relationship at the moment, but I'm convinced she would not reciprocate my feelings. Even so, no matter how hard I try, I can't get her out of my head and I'm really struggling. Right, here's what you do, mate. You wait to the Christmas party. But <laughs> the drinks are on the company. Right? What you do, you just you sit next to her for the dinner part. And you just chat away. That's what you do. Here, I can hear the footsteps. Here she is. Don't worry, I'm watching her on the monitor. She's she's asleep. No, she's asleep. Because I'm doing my podcast. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I did it. <laughs> Although I think that door shutting just dead may have woke her up. I don't know. Oh, Naomi. Naomi. She's gone. I should have told her my observation that um, Zadie stirs but self settles. But she, the way this woman is bagging doors, it's like she wants the child to wake up. I don't know. Anywho. So my recommendation is wait till Christmas pie, sit next to her, get a little flirt on. Hey, pull each other's cracker. Oh, oh, oh we got matching hats. Mm. Flirt away. Then just ask. Just ask about life. Just say, hey, so what's going on for you at home? Here's the thing. If you want a relationship with her, then you ask her what's going on at home. If you want to just bang, <laughs> then you don't mention home at all. Yeah? And she's just flexing the company credit cards, going, drinks on me, Sambucas. Then you know, yeah. I'm have some sambucas too. I'm staying out, out. That's what you do. And you find out, oh, she's actually got a hotel because she is out, out. She lives too far away to be trying to get a cab home. She's like, it'd just be safe for me to stay at a hotel. Is it? Oh wow! And she tells you, she lets you know, I'm staying at the hotel by myself. You're like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. Do you know this hotel? Do you know how to get there? You're like, yeah. You know? And then she's the one going, yeah, let's go to this bar after. You're like, all right, cool, I'm, I'm staying out. Because you live far away too. And it's like, well, this is a win-win. 
hotel and sex with my boss who I fancy. Brilliant. See, then you're just drinking again. It's a nightclub. And now, oh, you didn't realise she's got kind of a good dancer. Nice, sexy body. She moves nicely. You even dance with her a bit. Yeah. That's what you do. You realise it's like, it's just you two there. It wasn't just you two. And then you buy the most expensive drink because you heard her mention it at the dinner. She's like, oh my God, that's my favourite drink. And you're drinking, you're dancing, and she's going, you're just the best person I've ever met. And you're like, I feel the same. And then you just go in for that kiss. And that's when she looks at you like, what are you doing? And the music pulls out. And you're like, huh? She's like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to kiss me? He's like, oh, she's like, what? No, I'm, I'm your boss. What are you doing? You're like, oh, I just thought, she's like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Oh, and then she walks off. And then you're left there, and you're like, oh my God, it's just me in the club. And then you look around, you realise, nope, all your colleagues are still there. They're looking at you, it's like, oh my God, look at you, what are you doing, you prick? <laughs> oh dear. And then you realise it is 3am in the morning. And you live 40 miles out of London. So you're now going, oh, how do I get home? So you now need to get a cab home. No Ubers are coming. You get a black cab. It's going to cost you £120 to get home. But then you realise those Sambucas that you don't use, you drink are racing up your throats. And you throw up in the cab and the cab driver goes, £200 now, mate. <laughs> oh, good night. And then you get into work on Monday and everyone's looking at you just like, just shaking their heads. It's like, I can't believe you tried to kiss the boss, man. She's like, you know, all that little fun banter, that kindness you fought for. Now nah, she's a slapping reports into your inbox, into your intray, just email, blunt. No good morning, just straight name. Adam, please get this report done by the end of the day. Jenny. It's that she used to use emojis with me. What's happened? Now you feel all insecure about your job. Now you, now you have to move job. You don't become assistant manager. You just fucked it. <laughs> or it could work out, mate. It could work out and you could just have a lovely relationship with your boss. Either one could happen. You don't know. Right. One more and then we'll go to bed. Um... Uh, uh, right. Right. This last one. Daughter walked out on her family and says she is a lesbian. I love that. So you don't believe her? <laughs> I love that. Such a generational thing. Oh, apparently, he says he's gay. Like it's just it's lifestyle for for the old generation. Oh, he's he's doing gay now. <laughs> dear Digi, my daughter has texted me to say she's gay. She has left her husband and five-year-old daughter. 
Um, I can't get my head around how she could do this. I'm devastated. I'm 62 and she's 31. Her ex is 34. The fact she has decided she is a lesbian, see, she has decided she's a lesbian, I can live with. Oh, fair enough, you can live with that. Uh, but the fact that she has deserted her daughter like this is, for me, unforgivable. Oh, she just left. I thought she would have still won the custody. Why would she do this? Their family is wealthy. They have an amazing home. And the husband has a good job. I thought she had all she ever wanted. No, because her husband also has a penis. Um, now she won't pick up the phone when I call her because he probably nagged her shit out of her. And I live a 100 miles away and don't drive. But should I get on the train and try to see her and talk sense into her? Yes, you should. Uh, you should say to your daughter, look, okay, I get it, I get it. I didn't give you enough attention, okay? Right, and yes, yes, me and your father, we, we weren't the best example of a married couple. Fine, fine, I admit that. But this, this, this nonsense, Harriet, that you're a lesbian, you are a wife and a mother. Okay. Yes. Look, look. Yes. Yes. I may have paid too much attention to your brother Stephen. Fine. That I. I admit that too. Okay. Right. I'm not the best mum, but this is just utter nonsense. When did you decide you're a lesbian? Hmm. <laughs> it's nice to be one of them vibes. It's gonna be. Just like I. That's it. I'm. I'm writing you have the will. If you carry on with this nonsense, then I tell you, you're definitely not going to... No, you're definitely not getting the, the, the ski home. You're not getting the ski lodge, no. No, not at all. No. No. Not at all. No, total of mine. Unless, like, what, what will I tell the women at the Rotary Club? That my, that my daughter, that Harriet's a lesbian. Like, like, like I said, look, I don't even mind that you're a lesbian, that you've decided you're a lesbian, okay? But Martin is a lovely man. He's very rich. Can you just not, just, you know, just endure the penis? Just, you, know, you don't even have to sleep with him that often. Like, me and your father, we haven't slept with him for 25 years, okay? Look at us, it's very happy. Very happy. <laughs> Anyway, people, look, that's the end of the pod. Um, like I said, go get tickets to Travis's show. I think there's only a few left, handful left, man. So um, go get them before they all go. All right, that is the end of the pod. Um, I'm not sorry it's late. Okay, it's my bloody life. <laughs> anyway, people, peace. It's time for bed.